At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare when you buy kroger brand products you feel like you're winning that's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices in fact we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good morning and welcome in. It's a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. No Gil Alexander this week. He is on vacation. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. We'll be filling in for Gil here for this week. And it sounds like next week, at least until I get kicked off the program for not doing a good enough job. And then maybe Jason, who is still here, will take over for those five days. But a good show on tap today. Aaron Rinning, professional handicapper, really good in the NBA. is going to be with us in about five minutes from now. Discuss everything that happened uh, over the weekend. And then, of course, Andy McNeil. The bottom of this hour to discuss the National Hockey League postseason. I'm really excited because I thought over the weekend, uh, the postseason action was absolutely tremendous in the NBA. We had a lot of like statistical anomalies in the NBA as well, especially when it came to the shooting for a lot of these home teams. Really curious, but we'll get to all of that at some point. I wanted to start with at least what was the highlight for me because I, I kind of felt... Maybe like I was poo-pooing a little bit the whole home court advantage thing, right? Like, ah, you know what, energy, all that stuff. It's been a year. What happened with New York and Atlanta over the weekend, and specifically yesterday, obviously, was tremendous, man. Madison Square Garden was absolutely electric, and Trey Young goes nuts, especially in the fourth quarter in the waning minutes, leads Atlanta to the win, 107-105. to The Knicks fall down one nothing in the series to the Atlanta Hawks. And this was an interesting move from the pregame perspective. Right before the game had started, there was a, there was a move right before tip uh, in favor of the Atlanta Hawks. But 
Money came back in. Knicks eventually closed as a one-and-a-half-point favorite with a pregame total of 213-and-a-half. Goes just under with 212 points. But Trey Young, not only the 32 points and 11 assists, wins the game right nine-tenths of a second left on the clock with that nice floater. How about these numbers for Trey in the final five minutes of this contest? 11 points. He was 2 of 3 from the floor, 7 of 7 from the free throw line, which drawing the 7 free throws is, I think, a massive part of this series going forward. One of the things that Trey Young has done all year long so well have been drawing these free throws, have been driving opposing team nuts, and you saw it a little bit, right? The little stop at the elbow when a guy is trailing behind him. I think he burned Burks for that a little bit late, too. Drew a couple of those. Though That's going to be pretty important. If he can start to work the officiating, get to the free throw line a little bit more, it's been such a massive weapon for him, and he used it down the stretch. But it's not even just the scoring. Three assists in the final five minutes for Trey Young, two rebounds, one on a key three. Like, it, it was a really great performance. But I looked at this overall, and, and there's a couple of things that really stuck out, right? One, you know, overall, against a Knicks defense, which had been very, very good this year, offensive rating for the Atlanta Hawks, 115.1, very good. They only turned the ball over on 6.5% of their possessions, really low turnover rate. So that is a really solid piece there. Their net rating in clutch time was absolutely ridiculous. I think it was plus 50, plus 60, if I remember correctly. And it's one-game sample size. But regardless, performing in that kind of a level against this Knicks defense, I think is a very, very good sign for the Atlanta Hawks, who, I will be very fair, do have a series bet on them to win this thing. So I, I don't think, do we open the show today if they lose? Yes, probably, if it's an incredible game like it was yesterday. But regardless... I think there's a lot of positives for Atlanta going forward that make you think that if you were on the Atlanta side before this series started, that it would play out in their favor. And on the other side for the Knicks, look, there's a lot of really good things for them, right? The fact that their bench, though, combined between Derrick Rose and Alec Burks, scores 44 points and outscores the Atlanta Hawks 64-31. to 31. Like, I, I wonder if that's going to happen each night, right? I would say probably not. Alec Burks had the game of his career. He could not miss, but a couple of late possessions. They switched DeAndre Hunter onto him. He misses a couple of shots. So those start to fall off a little bit more. I just thought that there was a pretty clear gap between the Hawks starters last night and the Knicks starters, right? Julius Randle didn't have a good shooting performance. Every starter for the New York Knicks posted a negative plus minus, with the best being Alfred Payton, but he was pulled because his defense was garbage. He only played eight minutes. And DeAndre Hunter was the only Hawk to have a negative plus minus in terms of a starter. So I think when you looked at this, it seemed like the Knicks were throwing every punch they possibly could, right? They had a very solid performance, but I just saw some things that were a little unsustainable for the New York Knicks in that first game and some things that were somewhat recreatable here for the Atlanta Hawks as they move forward. So before the season or series started, I thought it was going to be a six-game series, but a lot of these positives for Atlanta, I think, when you move forward in this series, it should be a fascinating and fun one, but at the same time, really liked what I saw of Atlanta in terms of the series overall. But not one of those games where we had some of those, uh, we'll call them shooting anomalies, which we'll get to a little bit later. By the way, we should note, too, we're going to talk to Andy McNeil about this, because yesterday was a tremendous day overall. The Edmonton Oilers, epic collapse, blow a 4-1 lead in the third period, lose in overtime, drop to 3-0 in the series. How about this? In-game line, 30-1 Winnipeg down three goals in the third period, live line, come back to win that bad boy in overtime. And Andy's going to have the details on that as the uh, Jets will look to close this bad boy out later this evening. But that'll be with Andy at the bottom of the hour, and we'll have more on the NHL in the second hour too. But on the other side, Aaron Renning joins us here on the numbers game. All right. Oh, okay. We don't have a fancy intro. Okay. See, this, this, all right. This is the, uh, this is my rustiness, right? It's a numbers game here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Gil Alexander. You can tell. B string, right? All right. Let's bring in Aaron Renning, who's nice enough to stay up late for us and have a little chat about the association over the weekend. ER, I appreciate the time, buddy. So let's start here. You know, I, I thought 
One of the things that really stuck out over the weekend was all the shooting numbers that we saw, right? Really good shooting teams having poor shooting performances. Some other teams having really out-of-this-world shooting performances. Namely, Miami Heat, who finished 19th in overall three-point shooting. So what would you make of what we saw over the weekend where it was low-scoring games and poor shooting performances, specifically by the home teams, which is a little weird? Hey, JVT, uh, thanks for having me. Glad to be with you. And that's correct. Um, you know, the, the shooting – and, you know, the home shooting, you know, it's, it's hard to exactly make what, the, what it was and where it came from. I, I think you could certainly say, you know, these teams, you know, having a week off and then, you know, the, you just didn't expect, obviously, the Clippers, Utah, et cetera, to shoot that poorly. Um, overall, for the weekend, uh, teams shot uh, 33% from three-point land, which uh, is very is, is pretty abysmal. Last year uh, in the bubble, JVT, we remember how well yep. teams uh, shot. Uh, they shot uh, the you know the first eight games of the playoffs. They shot thirty six percent from three point land. A lot of it was really three pointers, free throws to a degree. Um, over the weekend, team shot uh, about seventeen to twenty two from free throws. Last year, it was about nineteen to twenty four on average. Uh, a little bit lower percentage with that. Uh, from the field, it wasn't that much of a difference, especially if, if you take out the three points. Uh, it was actually probably a little bit better. So it was a little bit bizarre. I don't know. I would put a little bit of it on rust. I, I don't know if you mentioned anything uh, in the opener about it, but certainly shocking when you figure the, you know, the three favorites Mm-hmm. In the Western Conference, the Lakers, Clippers, and Utah all go down. Yep, absolutely. So let's actually, I want to start with one of those teams, the Los Angeles Clippers. So you lose this game to the Dallas Mavericks. You know, I think there should be some criticism levied toward Ty Lu, right? You know, Zubach is a fine player, enough putting him out there and allowing him to get switched on to Luka Doncic, who ate him for lunch throughout the entire game. But, you know, ER, my takeaway from watching this game overall was the number one overall three-point shooting team shooting under 30%, and yet still coming out of this averaging with an offensive rating of 121.2 against the Mavericks is the level of shot, you know, shot making for Luka Doncic. It was incredible. But overall, the way the Mavericks shot, 47.2% from deep, is that going to recreate itself throughout this entire series? I saw a lot of tap dancing on the grave, Clippers essentially all done with. I saw it was, I think you could probably feel relatively good if you're the Clippers putting up that offensive rating in that game that was really slow-paced and coming away. Yeah, you lost, but I think going forward, that shooting's going to correct itself, and the other things, I think, maintain themselves. I, I think that's definitely kind of the one game that I could see switching around here. Um, you know, Dallas, obviously, 130 offensive rating. Uh, that's going to be hard-pressed. You know, we, you and I talked about it throughout much of the campaign that this Clippers defense, you know, when were they able to turn it up? And and very disappointing that it, you know, it happened a little bit more late in the year, but, you know, to, to have this, uh, you know, bad uh, defensive performance once again, and you're right. I think some of it, you know, whoever is exactly making the decisions uh, for this team and for this franchise, as far as just tanking, uh, to get to the, the four seed to begin with. And then you have, you know, Richard Jefferson pointing out on the telecast that they might want to switch their defense up, which is probably the last guy to kind of figure that out to begin with as well, except uh, Ty Lue. Uh, you, you do kind of question uh, the long term here for the Clippers, but I, I think you're right. I, this is a game that I have circled. 
I think you should be probably pretty interested in playing the Clippers. Maybe first quarter, first half of the next game. I mean, do we do we really want the Clippers right now in clutch time? You know, down the stretch in the fourth quarter. No, that's fair. And they were one of the worst clutch teams in terms of net rating this year. And I think some of that has to do with coaching and uh, other aspects. But we have seen them fail in a lot of close games in a lot of these situations. So as we look ahead for this series again, you know, right now, Clippers about a dollar forty-five favorite over at BetMGM Dallas at plus one twenty. Uh, we, you and I were talking about this before the series started. I thought this had about five, six games written all over it. Does that uh, still sound correct to you after watching the first game? Yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly would not be surprised to extend to seven here. I mean, uh, we'll see how it turns out. But, I mean, that's just it. Is It seems like a bit of a coaching mismatch here, which to me would extend the, the series a little bit longer. And, like I say, the fourth quarter comes down to winning time. I mean, essentially that's what the playoffs is all about. A little bit tricky to trust this Clippers team again. All right, let's go to another one of these uh, weird performances. Uh, again, so we talked. This is, I think, pretty interesting. Er, so Miami and Milwaukee. So this was the the series that you read. A lot of people thought Miami could recreate what they did in Orlando last year, and it seemed like potentially they could. Right? They have. I think they were about. Uh, they shot forty percent from three in this game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Had a, a fantastic shooting performance despite finishing nineteenth overall in three point shooting as a team. But again, this is similar to me, and you know, you feel confident because you actually won the game. But if I'm Milwaukee and I look at what happened in this game, ER, and I go, all right, well, I went 22 of 29 at the rim in this game. I drew six shooting fouls. They made about 15 more three-pointers than we did in non-garbage time minutes. And yet we see this line adjust a little bit for later today, down to about four and a half, and it opened four. Why don't I come away thinking I'm more confident in Milwaukee than anything else? Because I think what they did is easier to recreate, and I think that three-point shooting, again, regresses to the mean positively for a team that finished sixth in three-point shooting. Uh, you know, JVT, of a weekend of oddities and a weekend of oddities in the box score, I, I thought this was the box score that definitely uh, stuck out the most. And some of that certainly was with the three-point shooting. Not surprised to see uh, Miami shoot as well as they did. I mean, really hard to explain how poorly the Bucks, uh shot from three. And you would expect that to certainly uh, turn around here. But at the same time, you know, Jimmy Butler, 4-22. Sounds like it's going to be a little bit more difficult as Giannis. I, I think he asked for this matchup. You know, they didn't ask him to guard Butler a lot last year. Um, and as poor as Giannis played offensively, uh, very good on Butler in that game. And, you know, Adebayo is, you know, 4-15 as well. So 8-37 between those two. So you could say they could turn that around a little bit. You know, playoff uh, Dragic from last year. Uh, that was, I think, what you wanted to see from Miami more than anything uh, because they certainly needed him to have any chance here against Milwaukee. I, I understand kind of where you're coming from, and, and, I, and I get that, but I, I would still uh, kind of lean here towards uh, Miami plus the points tonight. All right, Miami again later tonight, four and a half total, by the way, 222 and a half. Uh, is that what you were expecting from a series, by the way, in terms of what we saw on this one? Again, one of these games, pretty, it was actually relatively quickly paced, DR, but the efficiency wasn't there for both of these teams. How does this change from a total perspective in your mind? I, I actually kind of leaned a little bit uh, over the total. I thought about that. You're right. You know, th this was of a weekend of very slow paced games. Um, this was about as fast as any of them, and you would have never guessed that, obviously, with the final box score, et cetera. 
so, yeah, I would expect to see a little. And, and like I say, as far as Milwaukee struggling mm-hmm. uh, with a three-point shot, uh, the big guns here for Miami, uh, you would expect uh, certainly more scoring here. All right, let's go to the uh, the other L.A. team then here, Los Angeles Lakers and the Phoenix Suns. We'll get to the other game later this evening. So what would you make of this overall, ER? Because I, I thought <laughs> from a series standpoint, right, over the course of a best of seven, a lot of the weaknesses for Phoenix that they have shown defensively will play out more often than not. But anecdotally, nothing goes hand-in-hand more than LeBron James in an 0-1 series deficit. So what did you make of this performance yesterday? Suns with a massive win, 99-90, and Chris Paul, of course, dealing with the shoulder contusion, didn't really look comfortable the rest of the game. Yeah, I, I certainly felt like I underestimated Phoenix getting into this uh, in this series. I'm not exactly sure why I did. I think it was, you know, the Lakers' uh, playoff performance probably last year, how they were able to do- dominate the Suns in that last matchup, uh, I think, of the regular season here. Um, but, <laughs> I, you know, and I was so anti-Lakers kind of entering yeah. the playoffs, but, but I thought their draw – uh, was favorable for them. Again, the one stat, JVT, I always look at first uh, in dealing with the Lakers and breaking this team down and seeing where they're at because this was a number that they essentially dominated last year in the playoffs, essentially won them the NBA title last year, was uh, field goals at the rim or from zero to four feet. Uh, and they did not win that uh, yesterday. Phoenix, in fact, 18 to 23. Uh, the Lakers 18 and 27. Again, I stress very much uh, the Lakers essentially outscored their, uh, the opposition by you know, certainly double digits, if not like 20 points per game uh, last year, a lot in the playoffs. So, you know, and that was kind of the key. And you, you just kind of wonder a little bit where it's going to come from for the Lakers. Obviously, LeBron is, and, and he was very good uh, yesterday. Little bit limited in minutes. Anthony Davis last year, remember in the playoffs, he would have these type of games, uh, and he would generally fire back well. But to me, it's the Caldwell Popes of the world. One of seven from three point land, minus nine, seven points. Kuzma, absolutely horrible uh, yesterday on both both ends of the basketball court. Someone uh, else is going to have to uh, have some decent games, credible games here for the Lakers. Uh, to get them over the top and win this series. Yep, we completely agree. Alex Russo is a great player, uh, but only 10 points, 2 of 4 from 3. You need something. Some of the ancillary pieces need to respond a little bit more. And LeBron James and AD combined 21 points in non-garbage time, so it's going to be something to look at as we go forward. And by the way, I would add to ER sentiment, not only looking at what they shoot at the rim, the Los Angeles Lakers, but also in transition, specifically against a team of the Phoenix Suns uh, that are the worst transition team, and they got beat up in transition. Suns won that battle quite a bit. All right, let's go to Atlanta and New York. This was by by far, I think the best game from an atmosphere standpoint, from a back and forth standpoint, ER, really good, just classic playoff basketball, 107 to 105. So in the open, I came away talking about like, look, I think generally when you watch that game and you look at some of the statistics in the box score, I think you have to feel relatively confident in Atlanta. And yes, they have the 1-0 series lead, but to get outscored the way they did in the bench, but still put up the offensive rating they did in the overall game, what they did in the fourth quarter, the Knicks, you know, um, they didn't have an answer for a guy like Trey Young, no matter what they were throwing at him. I think if you're coming away from this game, you're feeling relatively confident that if you're Atlanta, you know, not only do we have this 1-0 series lead, but a lot of what we did worked. Absolutely. Um, and I, to me, probably the biggest takeaway that, that I have is obviously Atlanta, uh, inexperienced uh, from a playoff perspective, and take those couple of punches 
on the road against a very good defensive team and, in fact, lose the lead in the fourth quarter and just continue to come back and make plays offensively, get some big baskets there. Uh, That is, to me, probably going to be huge for their confidence. But I thought the game probably went like, you know, I talked about, you talked about, many talked about, where the Knicks just probably didn't have this other level to get to in the playoffs than Atlanta did. You know, they, if you watch it, they have better players, let's be honest. Um, and, and I thought Tibbs did a great job. I mean, he's going to have to figure out. I, I can't imagine Peyton's pretty much has to be regulated to the bench yep. at this point. I mean, the numbers are crazy. Uh, the last 15 games of the year with him on the court, uh, minus 52 with him off the court, plus 133. It uh, doesn't include uh, yesterday. Uh, that's, you know, the one main adjustment they could make. But he, you know, he could see that that starting unit didn't have it. And he went to that bench and mixed and matched and, and eventually did find some things that worked uh, for the Knicks. And, again, to still come up short uh, at home, uh, very troubling. But, again, you know, Julius Randle, number one in minutes played, uh, 6-23 from the floor. Uh, just things like that, you know, the three-point shooting, et cetera. We saw how poorly they shot. Uh, from the three-point land to start that game. Just things that, again, many talked about la- um, you know, over the week leading up to that that was probably going to work against the Knicks, eventually kind of did them in yesterday. All right, let's get to the nightcap later this evening. Denver opens up a one-point favorite total of 228. Seen a slight adjustment on the total. ER are down to 227. A lot of spots are one-and-a-half-point favorite. The Nuggets are actually up to two over at uh, FanDuel and a couple of the other East Coast shops. So what's the read here? You know, th- this was another one of those games, right? We talk about those shooting performances. Uh, the Blazers and the shot-making, especially in the second half, 50% from deep. I think it were 45 43% in that range from, the, from deep for the game. Damian Lillard was absolutely fantastic from the perimeter. All of these guys were... But, you know, shooting tends to be fickle on a night-to-night basis for the most part. How did the Nuggets bounce back? Because they were really good inside statistically. Yeah, they, um, you know, for the the Nuggets here, to me this is kind of another box score that you can turn around to a certain extent. Um, You know, Portland's probably not going to shoot 50% for three-point land, although they they might throughout this series. But Denver shot poorly. Obviously did not get to the free-throw line, so... Certainly some things that they can turn around. You know, the big issue for me is, you know, this is, uh, I, I like to do a little bit more in-game now uh, that we get into um, game twos, game threes, and, and moving forward with these series. I, I like to bet, um, you know, before pregame uh, a lot game ones, but now I like to do a little bit more in-game because you like to see the adjustments that some of these teams will make. And for me, I'm not exactly sure what uh, Michael Malone will do here in that uh, Denver backcourt, but Campazzo and Rivers, very troubling, going to lose this matchup. Um, you know, I don't think Denver has – I'm curious because they're going to have a hard time if Rivers is going to play 33 minutes a game. But but certainly, I'm looking to maybe bet Denver here tonight. Yep. All right. Yeah, ER Sports 1 up on Twitter. That's where you can give him a follow. ER up against it. Thank you for the time today, man. Really appreciate it. Not very good. Good luck. Thank you. Yep, you got it. Yeah, and by the way, it's already been official. Will Barton not going to play tonight in game two. We do expect him back at some point, though, for the Denver Nuggets. But uh, 
Agree with that sentiment. Look, the Nuggets were up by nine in the third quarter at one point. Looked like they were actually going to put some distance between them and Portland and then the shooting. The shots just start falling. Absolutely incredible. Good weekend of NBA hoops. Two more games later tonight. All right. When we come back, we'll touch on the NFL really quickly. It's King. Uh, We did get some rumblings over the weekend that there are teams that are now in the running contention for Julio Jones. We have odds on that. Let's talk about it real quick here on the numbers game. JBT filling in for you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make Mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. With baseball, 
hockey, basketball games every week. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. I need coffee, man. I'm just stumbling everywhere. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM. State-of-the-art technology, fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Gil Alexander on vacation. He'll be done for the week, so I'll be in for the next five days. All right, let's touch on the NFL really quickly. NFL is king. Not a lot of news right over the weekend. We did get the report early in the week, though that the Atlanta Falcons still in the mode of trying to ship off a Julio Jones, right? And if you look at the situation overall for Atlanta, timeline doesn't really jive with potentially what that team is going to do. You have Calvin Ridley on the roster that's going to be up for an extension that you're going to need to pay. So from a cap space perspective, this is going to be something that makes a lot of sense for the Atlanta Falcons to want to move on from Julio Jones. So the question then becomes which teams will be kicking the tires, which teams could potentially land a Julio Jones type. Who have the assets, right, to do so as well? So we had a points bet, throw up some odds. Next team, Julio Jones, will play a snap for this coming season. At the top of the list of the 49ers are plus 450, and Jason and I were talking about this during the break. I personally believe that the 49ers really don't make that much sense, right? The 49ers, I think, fit the parameter of a team that would make sense overall because they have a quarterback on a rookie contract, but that's not the only quarterback they have on their roster, right? So Jimmy Garoppolo has taken up a good amount of that space. Only about $17 million in available cap space at this point right now. I think they're about 13th or 14th in terms of available cap space. So I want to look at teams that have a quarterback that's on a rookie deal steal at this point, that have draft assets, and of course didn't spend, remember, didn't spend first-round selections on wide receivers also, because I don't think that would really make that much sense, and especially because if they're unknowns, you can make the argument, we'll just strip off the wide receiver to Atlanta. I don't know if that's really what they want. So I actually crossed the 49ers off relatively quickly. The Colts make a lot of sense because they're within the top of the league in terms of available cap space. They're third at this point right now, depending on where you look. But the Colts don't really have the track history uh, of shipping off a lot of assets which would be needed to acquire a Julio Jones, right? You would expect a first-round pick and maybe a play or something in that range, I will say, right? Because we talk about, I think the rebuttal would be, well, they do. They did go and get DeForest Buckner. Yeah, but that's more of an interior defensive lineman you could argue has maybe some more value than a Julio Jones who's at the tail end of his career, potentially, who's going to be a massive cap it, right? So I think the Colts, while I can understand them being the second overall choice, I wouldn't really bank on that. So I think one of the teams that sticks out immediately, a team that actually has a history of acquiring wide receivers later in their career because they don't really have a great track record of hitting on them in the NFL draft, and that was a team that was reported over the weekend that is indeed looking at landing him, and that would, of course, be the New England Patriots who are sitting there at 7-1. to Like, it makes all the sense in the world. Yes, they went out in the offseason. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, John New Smith, Hunter Henry, they did everything they could to revamp their receiving core. This would make a lot of sense, right? Their quarterback situation is insanely cheap at this point right now. Cam Newton, of course, Jared Stidham, and Mac Jones, uh, all very cheap options at the quarterback position, so you're not putting out a lot of money in terms of uh, what you're putting out for your roster, so your cap situation is relatively friendly. Tenth overall in terms of available cap space at this point right now. So we have track history, we have cap space, we have the rookie quarterback, like all of the things put together, and we have the report, by the way, this is informationally based, so that goes into our favor, that the Patriots are considering doing something like this, so that would make a lot of sense. 
And I wanted to point out that one of the other teams that has been, I've seen named in a couple of reports and it would be a potentially intriguing landing spot that could actually do it because they have a rookie quarterback as well. They actually have the assets to go and acquire a guy like Julio Jones. They actually have the most cap space by a mile of any of these teams. The Jacksonville Jaguars aren't listed on that field, you know, that prop that we have up via points bet. And by the way, there's not a field either, so always keep that in mind. Uh, but the Jags make a lot of sense as well, right? Maybe he doesn't jive potentially with the timeline, but it would be a fantastic target for Trevor Lawrence to break in with his first year. The trading piece that has been thrown out there was LaVisca Chenault, which is actually a pretty good young wide receiver, which would lessen the blow in terms of draft capital that you would ship off for a Julio Jones. So those are the two that stuck out. One is on the board, the Patriots at 7-1. The other's not. So maybe if another couple of shops start to put up a few more teams, you could potentially get some longer odds at a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars. But everything in terms of the parameters I think you're looking for on this, it would make a ton of sense for a team like Jacksonville or a team like the New England Patriots. But, you know, the Ravens, they've been trying to rebuild their, their wide receiving court, right? We've seen them do that. We have uh, the, new, the Green Bay Packers, which is that really going to jive with everything in terms of trying to acquire or, excuse me, solidify the situation with Aaron Rodgers? Do they try to make a desperation move in that regard? But regardless, I thought those were the top two, New England and Jacksonville. All right, let's dive into baseball. A short card, but a good card later today. We're going to discuss the National League slate. Remember, Andy McDeal joins us in 15. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. The NHL and NBA playoffs are here, and our experts are covering every angle to find betting edges. VSIN hockey expert Andy McNeil up at about 10 minutes from now, tracking all the NHL action. And our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel. I like that guy, he's got good hair. As all the hoops insights, our experts in the entire VSIN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs, including odds and analysis for every game on VSIN.com. And our daily members only best bet emails. Now is the time to cash in on the playoffs. Sign up for your 10 day free trial at slash subscribe. Gil Alexander on vacation and Jonathan Von Tobel filling in. Not well deserved. Not at all. Did not deserve to go on vacation whatsoever. Does not work hard and should probably be here right now. And I should be at home with my family, but here I am. Uh, okay, before we get to baseball, uh, we should not, we'd be remiss if we did not mention, was planning on it, we ran out of time because I bloviate a little bit too much. And that Phil Mickelson won a major over the weekend. How about this? Lefty with the good one. Phil Mickelson, six under for the tournament. And he, of course, walks away. First golfer to win a major with 201 or longer odds since Lou Eustazen won the Open Championship in 2019. 2010, I should put it that way. It's not 2019. His sixth major, which with a victory at Kiwa Island, really good performance by Phil Mickelson. And the hoopla, the hype, everything, I totally get it. I was not as involved. Jason and I were talking about this off the air. I was not as emotionally invested as I was watching Tiger when he won the Masters right back in 2019. But, Jason, you, you bought into it, right? You were totally in on watching everything happen yesterday. Yeah, I The moment, for sure. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I totally get it. And some of the notes, right, because it's not even just Phil winning it. It's the betting aspect of it, right? We mentioned the 201 longer odds since Louis stays in the Open Championship in 2010. He was an underdog at Circa. 
to make the cut as well. How about this note from David Purdom over at ESPN Chalk? 1% of the handle in tickets at William Hill on Phil to win, but still ended up being a loser because of the long odds, low six-figure losses, and you know throughout the rounds, adjusted odds, things like that. Some action there. And in fact, three other books, DraftKings, MGM, PointsBet, all reported actually losing on Phil when he won this. So, you know what? Like, we enjoy all of our friends at all of these uh, shops, but it is always good to see when a long shot wins. And, of course, the books take it on the chin a little bit because half the time, Matt Humans and I talk about this all the time, where it's kind of boring when a guy comes from the pack to win it, like a long shot, and there's like one ticket on him and nobody really cares and nobody really believes that it's going to happen. So for Phil, you have the emotional aspect of it, winning his sixth major, doing it at the point of his career where it looked like he was kind of on the tail end and really falling off from his game. And to do it this way, and, and by the way, to stave off guys like former major winners, right? Like Louie, like Brooks Kepka, who at one point was actually the favorite to win this over Phil Mickelson later in the rounds. Right? This was a really good leaderboard. You had a lot of good and fun names on there. So really cool, really cool story. And it's cool that we get these over the last, what, two and a half years? Tiger doing it in 2019, and then Phil doing it here over the weekend. My argument was, from an anecdotal standpoint, the Tigers meant just a little bit more because you had it in the course history, right, of Augusta. But regardless, really cool over the weekend. And, by the way, personally very happy because of the uh, draft that I'm involved in with, you know, Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and everybody else taking third and at least getting a little something out of it, too. So that's always fun, right? Uh, always always make it personal. So kudos for, uh, kudos for Phil. And, by the way, kudos for anybody else. who had. There was a couple of tickets that were reported out there, of course, who had Phil. One DraftKings better had a $1,000 wager on Phil Mickelson to win this thing. So from a betting perspective, really fun. And, of course, from an anecdotal standpoint, a lot of fun as well. So Major League Baseball, pretty cool card. I think there's a lot of fun to be had at Major League Baseball, especially as we see some of these teams really starting to peak. I wanted to start in the National League and really just start with a team that I think is kind of just stealing headlines with the way that they've been playing, specifically one single player. But Fernando Tatis Jr. and San Diego just continue to keep crushing things. They have been absolutely spectacular. Tatis again yesterday, two home runs, one of them a grand slam, 447 feet. I am always down, by the way. Is, is Gil pro bat flip, Jason? Is this a pro, like, shenanigans, bat flip, and kind of hoopla baseball show, or is this a very much stick-by-the-rules show? This is very much a pro bat flip baseball. Okay. I mean, at least that's how I feel. Okay, very good, because I'm totally down with this. And Tatis yesterday had some really good ones. But again, since coming back, right, had the absence for COVID, he's been absolutely spectacular. 11 to 14, four doubles, four home runs, 12 RBI, three walks, just one strikeout. He's stolen three bases. He's been on an absolute tear. So the Padres, $2.80 favorite, get a 9 to 2 win over the Seattle Mariners. They extend their winning streak. They've now won 11 of 12 games. So now you get to hit the road and take on the Milwaukee Brewers. But it's not even just taking on the Milwaukee Brewers, who, by the way, finally, you know, righted the ship a little bit, right? Took the final two games from Cincinnati over the weekend after dropping six of seven. A lineup that's been really atrocious. Plates nine runs on Sunday, so you get a little bit of a better performance from Milwaukee. But this matchup has a lot of intrigue because you get Blake Snell versus Brandon Woodruff. And Woodruff, of course, as we know, has faced this Padres team already back in April. Led Milwaukee to the win. It was six innings, one hit, three walks, one run, seven strikeouts. You know, again, in April, where at the time, if you remember at the beginning of the year, this Padres team, and still is to this point right now, but not as much, but very much at the beginning of the year was an under team. The lineup wasn't performing as well, and Woodruff really holds them down over at Petco. So now you get the revenge spot back on the other way, but Woodruff has still been absolutely fantastic, right? 
keeps the ball down, doesn't allow home runs, less than a half home run every nine innings. Home run to fly ball rate is 7.5%, but his ERA, his expected fielding independent, something that I personally look at in handicapping baseball, extremely tight, right? No real room for terrible regression. A 198 on the ERA, 298 on the XFIP. The guy has been rock solid. And so a guy who induces ground balls a little bit more, keeps the ball down at inside the park, a perfect matchup, I think, for a team like this in the San Diego Padres. And it's not surprising we have seen a little move right towards San Diego. Not a lot. An opener of minus 118 in favor of Milwaukee. We're down to minus 114. A lot of low totals on the board today, too, by the way, which we'll get into. But on the other side, you get Snell. And here's always been the danger with a guy like Snell, right, as we know. The command has always been a problem. But his numbers have been absolutely fantastic. First off, coming off of consecutive starts against Colorado. Looks great, right? Ten innings pitched, ten hits, four walks, three earned runs, 18 strikeouts. Command continues to be an issue, right, over five and a half walks every nine innings. But with Blake... He's balanced that out with some fantastic strikeout numbers. Career-high strikeouts every nine innings of 13.3. A K rate of 33%, which is just 0.3% points worse than his career high. So he's right up there with some career numbers as well with the strikeout numbers. And his splits are really solid. You can make an argument that he can actually pitch even a little bit better if you look at his ERA and his expecting fielding independent. So if you looked at this overall, one, not surprising that the total is sitting at seven, slightly shaded to the over, just given the fact that this team has been playing where uh, – pretty well offensively, the San Diego Padres. But you get another lineup on the other side of Milwaukee that has been performing the way it has, right? Across the board, 28th in weighted runs created plus, 29th in average as a team. They walk quite a bit in Milwaukee, so maybe that works in their favor against a guy like Snell. But I don't know how much of that is really noise than anything else. So it wouldn't be surprised to see maybe a potentially low total on this first five, just given what you could potentially see from both of these teams from that perspective. So really excited and a fantastic matchup to watch. We have plenty more baseball to get to, too. Uh, we have a really good matchup between Philly and Miami. Can't wait to see if Trevor Rogers can recreate what he did against the Phillies just about a week ago when he shut them down over seven and two-thirds. But when we come back, Andy McNeil is going to be with us. We'll go over everything that happened last night. Edmonton completely collapses on the verge of a sweep. See if they could stave off Winnipeg for one more night. We also have a projected series price in the second round between Colorado and Vegas. We'll see if Andy thinks about that as the Avalanche opened up with Superbook Sports have to play in the second round as a $1.60 favorite over VGK. It's a numbers game. JVT filling in for Gil here on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. 
Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Baseball players may not get style points for home runs, but baseball bettors do. New BetMGM customers can turn $1 into $100 when someone goes yard during a game. Sign up for the BetMGM app using VSIN 100, and if you place a $1 money line wager on the Cardinals or White Sox, you $100 in either if either team hits a home run. New customer offer, paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to go 21 or older. Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Exclude Michigan's disassociated persons. Please gamble. Gamble responsibly. Gambling problem 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana and Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line. 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. All right, Andy McNeil is with us. Andy, a very happy Victoria Day to you, huh? The unofficial start of summer over there. Yeah, well, nobody told Mother Nature because it's still not very nice here. <laughs> well, maybe it'll start. Maybe it'll start after this day. This is a very magical day. All right. Uh, let's... Gloomy day in oil country. <laughs> well, speaking of gloomy days for uh, things with the word oil in them, oilers collapse on Sunday night. Let's talk about this. What the hell happened in the third period there, dude? Hockey, man. <laughs> it's, it's it's chaotic, uh, and it's, it's never over until it's over. Um the Jets just staged a, a miraculous comeback. Uh, not really sure what the the the, the odds were. I kind of checked out on the game, to be honest. I, I was uh, very heavily involved in uh, in the Boston Bruins and Washington Capitals game, so much so that I was laying on the floor here in the man cave uh, for for much of that game, just just beside myself. Um, 
but uh, that was that was an experience, and then you know the Oilers looked like they had the game in the bag, and I, I kind of checked out, and I started doing other things. To be honest, I, I started playing uh, Resident Evil Village, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and totally just stopped watching the game, uh, only to tune back in to find out that it it was going into overtime. So I was able to go back and and catch everything, and yeah, what a comeback! Um, and and they've got the Edmonton Oilers on the ropes here. Uh, it looks like um, I, I have. Uh, Winnipeg winning it, sorry, uh, 92% of the time here. So there's about an 8% chance, roughly 12 to 1, uh, that the Oilers can string together four wins in a row here. I mean, it's not impossible, but uh, it certainly is a, a pretty tall task. So when they're going at it again uh, later today, by the way, and Edmonton's up towards a $1.20 favorite for the most part, uh, this opened as Winnipeg as the slight favorite. So you, the line move here, is this just based on, hey, man, down 3 nothing? You know, they're desperate. Let's get back in this. So what, is, what do you think of this line move as we've seen on the side early today? I mean, it's it's uh, for me, I think it's one of the more, I guess, I don't want to, like, I don't I want to, one of the more laughable things I think that sports betters you know, have this belief in that they can do is handicap the motivation of a team based on nothing more than like gut feel. Right. It's, yeah. it's hard. That's the, you know, you're, you're, it, there's a lot of variables here. And, uh, I, I definitely, I definitely, you know, wouldn't write Edmonton off here. I know people are probably, uh, looking at it. Like it's such a tall task that there's no way that this team can, can do it. Um, and, and, you know, it's very unlikely that they do do it, but, you know, don't tell the Edmonton Oilers that they're going to go out and they're going to uh, to put forth a pretty good effort once again. I mean, they they've been the better team in a lot of ways throughout every game in this series, and it's it's come down to goaltending uh, quite a bit. Connor Hellebuck's been been fantastic. Um, you know, I wouldn't pin last night's loss on goaltending. That was more of a total team breakdown. Um, but you know, strange things happen, and 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 the Oilers find themselves in a 0-3 series hole here. But uh, I think the price is fairly appropriate. I make the Oilers a minus one ten favorite here. That's roughly what I made them last night. Um, I did end up with a small position on the Jets for the second time in the series, uh, but I uh, probably won't be will, won't be having any action on this game tonight unless things change quite a bit. All right, let's uh, rewind really quickly one more time before we get to tonight. What's your evaluation of the series between Carolina and Nashville? A couple of double overtime wins. Series price now Carolina minus 225. I I feel like winning two consecutive games in double overtime is not the most sustainable formula for a series victory, but the series is knotted up. Yeah, and and for sure. And and Carolina has obviously carried the play through, you know, much of the series. Nashville definitely, um, you know, they're definitely involved. They're, they're definitely in it. It's obviously it's tied two two here. Um, I've got Carolina winning at 68% of the time. It's now a best of three. So their chances have come down quite a bit uh, from where they were prior to the series. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, penalties, a big thing. And that's something I was very concerned about. And I talked about prior to the series uh, that the hurricanes are not a disciplined team. Um, they get into penalty trouble, and it's it's killed them in this series. Um, I know their coach has had a, a lot of uh, a lot of things to say about that. Um, but yeah, no, it's I mean the momentum definitely on Nashville's side here, but uh, but Carolina, you know, should be in a pretty good position to, uh, to to win two out of three games here at home. All right, let's get to the action later today. Andy McNeil with us, New York at Pittsburgh. We start here, tied series, pretty evenly matched. You know, I, you, uh, last summer yeah. I had you on quite a bit when we had the edge, and you got me into a lot of these analytics and numbers. These are really tight across the board. So where's the edge between these two clubs? I really don't think there is one. If it's Island, Islanders or, or nothing uh, for me, um, 
I, I have the, the Penguins winning the series 52% of the time. The games are pretty much coin flips here. Um, you know, uh, sorry, the game, the, the series is pretty much a coin flip. That has a lot to do with, with um, you know, and the, the price has a lot to do with Pittsburgh um, being in the driver's seat here with with, with home ice advantage. Um, but I, I wouldn't lay chalk on the pens here in this series. Like you said, it's been so evenly matched. I expect Pittsburgh's high-end skill to kind of, you know, overload the Islanders and win out more often than not. But um, I definitely wouldn't be laying any chalk with the pens here. I'd like to see where the line goes and possibly get involved uh, on the Islanders that may be plus 130 or better. So the market, speaking of laying chalk, has been laying it with Toronto. We've seen about a 30-cent bump here in favor of the Maple Leafs. Now, we talk about statistics, right? When I was looking through on the numbers and natural stat trick, it seems like there's quite the statistical edge here for Toronto. Decent age in terms of the shots. Very big edge in terms of expected goals for them. So this market move direction kind of makes sense to me, but what does it make, does it make sense to you when you see might believes up towards a dollar 65 on the road yeah i mean that's that's exactly where i price it uh minus 165 is is what i i deem a fair price here for this game in favor of the maple leafs um i have seen some some bigger shops uh globally move to to minus 155 here minus 160 so uh maybe there is a little bit of a, a trend towards the the canadians here and that would um, in my opinion, open up a you know a chance to get in on the Maple Leafs, but there is um, the fact that these two teams are playing back to back here. They're playing again tomorrow, so uh, the goaltending is up in the air. Obviously, for uh, the Maple Leafs, we could see Frederick Anderson, right? So that's something to monitor, and maybe that has maybe maybe there's some anticipation, some speculation, and maybe that's causing um, the line move, but. Uh, yeah, no, Toronto, obviously, they're the, the, they're the stronger team here. Montreal is going to try to uh, get a different look with uh, young player Cole Caulfield probably coming into the lineup tonight. He's a, uh, an offensive threat, and they need that, uh, not being able to score very many goals so far in this series. So, um, yeah, I'm, for me right now, it's, it's, it's a pass, but we'll see what happens with the, the Leafs goaltending situation and, uh, as far, and you know where the line moves. All right, let's move on. A couple of other games to get to with Andy McNeil before we get him out of here. Beeson's NHL analyst, Tampa Bay and Florida. So Panthers looking to stave off elimination. Uh, there's indications that Spencer Knight could get the start here in goal. What's your evaluation <clears throat> of the youngster? You get a shake of the head when you hear the name. No, it's, it's not nothing against Spencer Nothing against uh, Spencer Knight. He's a fine goaltender. He's actually probably a better option than Bobrovsky. It's just like it's, it's mind-boggling watching Joel Quinville, the Panthers head coach, who I, you know, I, I thought was a pretty good coach, and I think is a pretty good coach. But you know, he starts the series with Sergei Bobrovsky, despite the fact that Bobrovsky's been around a, you know, a 900 save percentage goaltender for the last few seasons. Uh, when you've got Chris Drieger waiting there, you know, with his 929 save percentage over the last better better part of the last two seasons, um, and Bobrovsky falters in Game One, the, the the Panthers go down in the series. Uh, they turn to Drieger. He plays pretty good, but but he takes the loss. Uh, in game two, so now they're in a two nothing hole. Um, you know he's coming cold. Then, then in game three, they they do go back to Drieger, which was the right decision. But he has a bad game, which you know it happens. But they yank him, and he doesn't see the ice again until Bobrovsky gets yanked uh, in game four. Um, so you know it's 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 weird. It's, he's let Quinville has let the results dictate who he starts in goal. Um, the Panthers staged a. a ridiculous comeback uh in the third period of, of game number three or no game number four sorry um and uh and you know basically staved off going down uh 3-0 in the series um and it was you know a two-goal comeback winning in overtime that's, that's not really a reason to you know 
go with that guy the next night um, when you've got a better goaltender waiting in the wings. Um, and, you know, now he's he's possibly putting a third goaltender in, in the series and then they're facing elimination. It's it's just strange. It seems like, you know, it's it's a weird way to handle things and, and why any any of his goaltenders would have any, you know, feel they have any confidence from their head coaches beyond me. Yep. Right now, but, it's a, uh, go ahead. As, from the perspective of the game, uh, there's so many things to look at. Who starts in goal? Uh, but Nikita Kucherov and Mikhail Sergachev were injured in uh, in the last game, and you know they're questionable. I think we'll see at least one of them. But but who? If it's Kucherov, that's a big help. If it's Sergachev, that's you know it, it's definitely a help, but uh, not as much so as if uh, Kucherov is back in the lineup. So um, you know I could see value on on the Florida Panthers possibly if both players are out uh, and Drieger starts in goal. Um, you know, depending on the price, if it's, if it's around plus 100. Uh, but I could also see value on the Lightning as things stand. You know, there's there's some minus 110, minus 105 out there. Uh, and if they get Kucherov and Sergachev, and for some reason, Quenville goes back to Bobrovsky, that, that, that could warrant a big play on the Lightning for sure. All right, last 60, man. Minnesota, Vegas. What's the uh, what's the game plan here for the Knights? Upwards of a dollar eighty-five, dollar ninety. They seem to have figured out that defense. They said they couldn't really crack after game one. 12 goals last three games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's been a bit of a shift for sure after not being able to figure out the Wild all season long. And I can tell you I was on the wrong side of that matchup a lot. And then I was on the Wild prior to the series. I bet them in game one, got a nice win. Um, didn't get the win at a big price in game two, but uh, it's wild or nothing here for me. I know Vegas has looked super strong, but at you know the number right now, plus 165, um, yeah, it, it's wild or nothing. But I definitely expect Vegas to move on. I have them winning the series 91% of the time. Looking forward to uh, to seeing the, uh, the 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 Golden Knights and the Avalanche uh, go at it. I see. I think we we have a, a kind of a preliminary series price up at the Westgate. Uh, I think I saw minus one sixty for the Avalanche, plus one forty for the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm I'm right in between there. All right, Andy, good to talk to you. But we'll talk next week or later in the week, I should say. Andy McNeil, our NHL analyst here at VSEN. Second hour of a numbers game coming up. Oh yeah, All right, Victoria Day. Happy Victoria Day. Start of summer in Canada, huh? At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release 
Presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.